Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Is it normal to be incredibly out of breath? Is it normal to be dizzy? Is it normal that my tongue looks like it's been through a shredder? Is it normal to crave crushed ice chippings? Is it normal to have bleeding gums? Hello and welcome to Is It Normal? The Pregnancy Podcast with me, Jessie Ware. This podcast follows my pregnancy journey and with the help of some wonderful experts is here to reassure and inform you about all aspects of pregnancy and giving birth. So welcome to weeks 24 to 26. I'm now 25 weeks pregnant. I've got a stinking cold and I'm joined by our wonderful midwife, Izzy Borton, to go through some of my symptoms and concerns. And we also have some brilliant questions from other pregnant people too. Thank you for coming back, Izzy. It's lovely to see you, babe. Hi, Jessie. How are you doing? Well, I've got this cold that I inherited from my children, which is absolutely fine. And it's very much you kind of just have to deal with it. There's not much you can take. I know you can take, you can take paracetamol, can't you? Yep. Yeah, you can take paracetamol and then lots of fluids and rest is usually the best. Things like honey and lemon and that kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's been actually something that's become apparent that, you know, I I work quite a lot and my hours are quite, you know, whether it's doing a podcast in the evening and it finishing at 10.30, but then also getting up with the kids in the morning and you never know what time they're going to wake up. And just, I think potentially I'm a bit zonked. And I actually thought that in the second trimester, I kind of thought that I was supposed to have a bit more energy and I've suddenly, I feel pooped. But is that normal with the second trimester? You know, we talk about the glow and we talk about energy. I'm definitely doing a lot of things, but maybe I'm overstretching myself a little bit. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is that everyone's pregnancy is different. And um, some people do get this elusive energy in the second trimester and they kind of feel more like they want to be more active or they feel kind of generally better in themselves, well in themselves. But I think also it's not the case for everyone. And especially when you already have children and you're working and, you know, we have busy lives. So I think that can contribute to it and I've definitely looked after people before that I've kind of said oh this pregnancy is so much harder than my last I feel so much more tired and every pregnancy for each person is also different so you might experience one thing in one pregnancy and then the next time you have a completely different experience. Yeah I think maybe it's just my body telling me to chill out and maybe 
just take it a little bit easy. And even though it may drive my husband slightly mad that I will sit in bed and watch some Netflix and it may be 11 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> so be it. I'm carrying his child. But yeah, um, I on to another one, which we haven't talked about. It's got a fancy name that I can't remember that starts with M. I've never had this problem in my previous pregnancies, but I've started to believe that I am developing what appears like a beard, but it's just darkening of my skin. Mm-hmm. And I, so it's like a real, I kind of look like, what's his name? Um, a Beppe or Giovanni from EastEnders. Like that little kind of, I look like I'm getting kind of, a goatee of darker skin on my chin. And um, what's the proper name for that thing? Is it called Mia something? Yeah, you're thinking of, the the word is melasma. Um, Yes. But actually in pregnancy, we call it cloasma, or sometimes it's called like the mask of pregnancy. And you get these kind of darkened pigmentation on your skin. Often it is around like your lips and that kind of area. And um, we think it's to do with, so I think it's the kind of hormones of pregnancy, once again, having an effect on your skin and being more kind of sensitive to UV rays. And so you end up with these kind of darker patches. So I guess the thing is I'm due in July, so I'm thinking it's going to get warmer. Maybe I just need to start wearing SPF every day. I'm sure I'm supposed to do that anyway, but maybe I just need to be a bit stricter, kind of wear a hat. But do these pigmentation patches disappear? Can they disappear um, post-pregnancy? Yeah, I think they do tend to. Um, They tend to fade. And I would say, as you said, it's a good idea to wear like a sunscreen in pregnancy, like sunscreen on your face kind of day to day. I know lots of people really champion that for everyone (laughs) anyway, saying we should all be wearing sunscreen. And on if you are out in the sun, wearing sunscreen on your on the rest of your body as well in the summer months. Um, It tends to fade because it is, as we said, kind of seen as this symptom in pregnancy that that kind of appears and then tends to go. Um, But I know that outside of pregnancy, some people do get melasma as well. And I think it just depends on your your skin. And I think wearing SPF is probably the best way to avoid it. Yeah, I guess because it's been like cold months and I kind of have forgotten about it. But I do remember that when I'd been in the sun before, you'd get tanned far more quickly when you're pregnant. It's like it's been a gentle kind of EastEnders reminder to my chin to maybe start wearing SPF every day and look after my skin a little bit better. Um, <laughs> so onto some really, really uh, delightful topics. Hemorrhoids. Yeah. I've spoken to pretty much all my friends that have given birth before. Their hemorrhoids are so much worse in a second or third pregnancy because, I don't know, they're there. And they kind of, they're like that guess that you don't particularly want there. And it's proving really uncomfortable and annoying. Why do pregnant people get piles or hemorrhoids, as we call it? So for anyone that doesn't know, hemorrhoid or piles are basically lumps or kind of swellings that are around your bottom, so around the anus, um, and they contain blood vessels and um, the reason why they're more, they're common, anyone can get piles outside of pregnancy as well. But the reason why they're common in pregnancy is because because of those lovely hormones and um, your veins are a bit more relaxed. And oh. so, um, and there's also more pressure on your pelvic floor. And so it can be that these kind of little lumps kind of pop out of your 
rectum um to use <laughs> just gonna go with the straight up talk it's just here like, look, we're all friends yeah this is safe space i find it a bit annoying when people talk about i mean bottoms because your bottom could be like your bum cheek so i feel like we need to just use proper terminology here and say your anus okay. and your rectum um yeah yeah and um so these kind of blood vessels almost like pop out um, and they can be some people don't necessarily notice that they're there some people find that they're sore or itchy or sometimes even have a tiny bit of bleeding or it's just generally uncomfortable and so to be honest the things that you can do to kind of help improve them it's not that they're going to probably go away in the pregnancy it's unlikely it's more likely that they will be there and it's just managing the symptoms of them and tends to be that after the pregnancy things get better so generally one of the most important things with piles is to try to avoid constipation and to avoid straining when you're going to the toilet because then you're kind of adding insult to injury by putting more pressure on these lumps and veins that are there. So really trying to get enough fibre in your diet, lots of fruit and veg, drinking plenty of water, trying not to strain when you're on the toilet. So actually a really good tip that I um, was told by a women's health physio is when you're on the toilet and you're doing a poo, Actually, the way that our toilets are designed, we're basically, as humans, we're, we're designed to kind of squat when we open our bowels. And so when we're on a toilet, we're in a quite a like rigid seated position. So actually putting something under your feet when you're pooing, so like a small stool or like a step or something, brings your knees up and it's almost like more of a squatting position. And that can actually help for you to like open your bowels without straining. So that's one tip if you do find that you're straining whilst you're on the toilet. That's, I've never heard that tip before and that's an amazing tip. Also, I've got one that I got given by Anne, who is my wonderful prenatal yoga teacher who we will have in the exercise special that we're doing. She says, and it's actually a really good one for labour too, maybe Izzy, you can agree or not, um, open your mouth. So when you're pooing, if you feel like you're straining, sometimes if you open your mouth, like there's something about, opening your mouth is like related to your sphincter or mm. something and so by opening it and kind of going ah oh, sometimes it makes it come out easier and it works a treat with my toddler so so and and it and it helps in birth too because it's not clenching and being stressed like this exactly um, with the pushing bit but with a poo that can also help yeah and you know what all of the muscles that we're using to open our bowels and to give birth to our babies, they're all in the same place. They're all the same muscles. So it makes sense that those things are related. Thanks, Izzy. Right, on to some other pregnant people that are um, worried about a few bits and bobs. So the first one we have is from Emily. Hi, I'm Emily. I'm um, 34 and I'm pregnant with my first child, 25 weeks I was wondering if well, I've got this this thing with my leg, which actually I had before I got pregnant as well, but it's got worse, um, where I can't stop, like when I'm lying down in the evening or at night in bed, I can't stop moving my leg around. It's like a um, compulsive urge to just move it and twitch it or get up and walk around or stretch it. But none of those things seem to stop it from just wanting to twitch and have a life of its own. Um, it's really annoying. It means I can't really just settle down and relax or, you know, chill in front of the TV without my leg driving me mad. 
So yeah, I was just wondering, is that a normal thing in pregnancy or is that going to die down? Is there anything that I can do to to relax it? Thank you, Emily. That is such a, yeah, legs. We haven't really talked about that really. Um, is there a name for it, Izzy? And if is it normal? Yeah, so it, it's called literally restless leg syndrome. Um, and it is pretty common in pregnancies. Quite a lot of women get it in the third trimester it's not really unfortunately something that you can kind of treat or but it isn't harmful in any way and it's not going to be a problem for you long term or kind of for the baby or anything like that some of the things that Emily mentioned that she kind of tries to move regularly and kind of exercise gentle movement and other things can be just staying really well hydrated it does tend to go away after you've had a baby and the only time that you should really be concerned with anything going on in your legs is if you um if you develop any kind of lumps in the leg that are kind of red and sore or hot um especially in like the calf of your leg so that can sometimes be a symptom of um a DVT, like a deep vein thrombosis. Um, and that's something that we would really want you to call us about. But just your legs being restless in themselves, it's common and frustrating, but it's not harmful. So just trying to continuing with those gentle stretches, movement, staying well hydrated. Sometimes people say avoiding kind of caffeine in your diet, but generally in pregnancy, you are already doing that. And I mean, if you're really worrying about it, you can, of course, check in with your your GP or midwife or if the if it's getting really severe and it's kind of preventing you from from doing things as you would normally. Something um, and, and this is not medical advice from me because I'm not a medical practitioner, but something that's helped me with that kind of achy back leg. It's usually kind of around your your hamstring that's where I found it on me in previous pregnancy it always kind of for me it, it usually comes up in when I'm in bed but getting that magnesium oil spray that you can get and sometimes it has lavender in it and it's kind of a really weird oil texture which doesn't have a flow to it it's kind of like you put it on and put it in the area that's really irritating you rub it in and if it burns a bit that apparently means that it's kind of working on the area that's annoyed and irritated. Now, again, I'm not a medic person, but it has really helped me. And I don't know whether that extra lavender bit just kind of helps um, chill you out as well. But you can get that in most like health shops um, online and it's just magnesium oil spray and just spray it onto the desired area. Have you ever heard of that one, Is I haven't actually, but I would say that just massage as well, a bit of massage on your legs can really help because often in pregnancy as well your your legs and ankles can feel a little bit puffy or you can have a bit of water retention and massaging or even better getting someone else to massage your legs for you um can be just such a delight and um also the other thing that you can also try is having a a warm bath and so that can also help kind of blood flow to your legs and Obviously, making sure that your bath isn't too hot, just because in pregnancy, we want when you're in the bath, we just want that bath water to be kind of body temperature. So it's not increasing your core body temperature by too much as that can be a problem. Um, But what we generally say is 36.5 to 37.5 degrees. Now, you don't need to have a thermometer, but just kind of making sure that it doesn't feel too hot when you're getting in your bath. Thank you, Izzy. Um, We've got another one from 
Ella now. Hi, my name's Ella and I'm 25 weeks pregnant at the moment. There's something, so I've really started to feel pain at the top of my right buttock last week and this week. It sort of came and comes and goes, but this week it's actually sort of stopped me from moving about a lot more. And at times I've sort of had to lie on the sofa with a cushion between my legs just because it's been a little bit unbearable. And I suppose I'm just wondering, is this because everything is growing, but also can it get worse throughout pregnancy? And after pregnancy, does it go back to normal? Yeah, so I think these kind of issues to do with lower or mid-back pain, um, pain in your kind of buttock area or down your legs, it's all to do with in pregnancy, you start to develop certain hormones, one of which is called relaxin. And this is kind of softening ligaments and joints and things in your body to allow for that kind of growth and expansion as your pregnancy develops and as everything's shifting. And as your baby's growing and getting heavier and your uterus is getting bigger, also you end up with a kind of shifting of your centre of gravity and you get more curvature in your spine. And so that's what can then lead to, to all these aches and pains. I would say if you're getting pain on one side, like in your buttock or down your leg, it sounds like it might be to do with irritation of your sciatic nerve and we call that sciatica. So that sciatic nerve that kind of can get irritated by compression and changes in your back and pelvis and how everything's moving around, just trying to as Ella said, she kind of rested and kept something in between her legs. I had a pillow there for support, but also kind of gentle movement and some exercise such as kind of swimming or like aqua aerobics is quite good because when you're in the water, that kind of movement can feel quite gentle and passive and, and is more comfortable. Massage we just mentioned before and, and that can help. If it is getting worse, I would mention it to, you know, if it's preventing you from going about your day-to-day -day activities, then I would mention it to your midwife or GP and it might be possible for them to refer you to a physio. And that sometimes is needed if that pain is getting worse and not resolving. And you can take paracetamol as well when you're pregnant if, if you need some kind of immediate relief from something like that. Um, yeah, I hope you feel better, Ella. It's a real bugger, that. And it's like an unfriendly shock every time it kind of jumps out at you. But yeah, hope you feel a bit better. Hope it's improving. We've now got one that isn't 25 weeks, but we feel like it could be relevant and we haven't brought this up before. Um, this one's from Holly. Hi, my name's Holly and I'm 23 weeks pregnant. Um, I just wondered if it's normal to sometimes feel claustrophobic. Um with feeling the baby move inside you i'm feeling a bit panicky about it um i can't find anything on the internet dr google hasn't helped me oh holly izzy have you ever heard of that before yeah i have definitely had people tell me this before that when they start to feel their baby move they maybe didn't expect or anticipate it to bring up kind of difficult feelings for them um so I think there's this kind of generalized opinion that it's lovely to feel your baby moved and I think for some people it kind of reminds them that or um triggers something that's like oh there's you know this 
thing is growing inside me and and maybe makes you feel a little bit out of control of that kind of you can't you know choose when your baby moves they just move when it suits them and I think that can be a little bit um difficult to process sometimes and I think the important thing is to not feel kind of guilty about having those emotions and to just allow yourself to feel those things and it might be that over time you become you know used to those movements and and how you feel about them changes but if you are finding that you it is kind of those difficult emotions are building up in any way then do make sure you speak to someone um just my pennies worth i remember my mum um said that i think she was pregnant with one of our like my brother my sister or me an alien had just come out and i hope this doesn't put everybody off but she was just found it very odd to have this thing moving in her that she didn't know what it looked like she kind of couldn't really understand what where the head was or the leg and and it really freaked her out for a bit so I think yeah I think you're not alone there Holly I'm just sorry that you couldn't find anything online so hopefully that has kind of reassured you a bit and reassured us if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery think again Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime even better this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Now, on to something that we haven't talked about and that we all deserve, a little holiday. And, you know, there are some restrictions around traveling when pregnant. Izzy, can you tell us what those restrictions are? Because there's cutoff points when you have to stop going away. And maybe this is the time when you're thinking about maybe having that baby moon together if you want to do that, that night away. Um, So what are some of those restrictions on pregnant people? 
So in terms of travel, it's pretty much that if you're generally fit and well, you can travel throughout your pregnancy, but it obviously there's kind of a bit more risk later in the pregnancy. Um, and strangely enough, it's it's not so much that those restrictions come from your healthcare professionals. Um, it's more about the airlines. So if you're getting a flight, different airlines actually have kind of slightly different, but it tends to be that they won't allow pregnant women or people who are more than 36 weeks, I think. And any time that you're travelling abroad after 28 weeks, I think it is, you will need um, something called a fit to fly letter from your midwife or GP or kind of relevant healthcare professional to say that it's safe for you to fly. And in terms of if you are getting a flight, it's also bearing in mind how long that flight is. If it's just an hour or two, um, then you you don't need to worry too much. Um, You just need to make sure that you're staying kind of mobile during that flight. So kind of moving your legs if you're sat in your seat or getting up frequently to go to just walk up and down, go to the toilet or whatever. And if you're on a longer flight, you might want to consider wearing flight socks. So those are the kind of compression stockings. And that's because you're more at risk of uh, getting a deep vein thrombosis when you're pregnant and when you're flying. So it's, it's just like that kind of increased risk with that. Are there any restrictions to pregnant women and people that are high risk or people that are carrying twins? Are there any different rules? Yeah, so there might be, um, it, that's, it's always important to kind of speak to your midwife or doctor if you are planning a trip, because it might be that it's not recommended for you to travel due to certain risk factors. So for example, if you're expecting twins, then I think that cutoff date is a little bit earlier for travel. So I think it's 32 weeks. And that's because what the airlines are basically worried about is you going into labour during a flight, Mm. having kind of a premature birth on a flight would obviously be something that everyone wants to avoid. And that risk increases as pregnancy gets later on. And and with twins, you're more likely to give birth early. So that's why those kind of limitations are there. Okay, so we've talked about flying, but if you're not flying and you're staying within your country, is there kind of a a radius where you should be at a certain area? Or do you think it kind of doesn't matter because you could just, if, say, you went into labour at 37 weeks... I guess you'd just pop along to the local hospital if you were like, you know, in your spa hotel or your cabin. If you are going away within the country that you live in and, you know, you're not going to be close to your the maternity unit that you're booked with, then I would advise that you always take your pregnancy notes when you're travelling anywhere. Just have them on you. And that's kind of a good general rule just throughout your pregnancy because even if you go to work and you need to then go to the hospital it's good to have your notes with you I tend to kind of advise women after around well probably after around 20 weeks ish to just kind of keep your notes on you if you can and if you did go into labour then yeah exactly you would just have to go to the local maternity unit of where you were staying and they would be of course happy to look after you and even if they didn't have all your notes on file because Generally, that's not the case. If you're going to a different hospital, they will still be able to take good care of you. So is there anything else in this period of 24 to 26 weeks that 
you feel like we haven't covered in this episode? So yeah, it's worth mentioning that at 25 weeks, generally, if you're expecting your first baby, then you would have a appointment with your midwife around that time. This is probably the last appointment you would have had would have been around 16 weeks. I think, Jesse, you said that you didn't have one booked in this time round, and that's probably because you're having your (laughs) third baby now. At 25 weeks, you will see your midwife and they will perform something called an abdominal palpation, which sounds very fancy. And what it basically is feeling your tummy and measuring from the top of where your uterus is, which is called the fundus, down to your pubic bone. And that measurement actually corresponds with your baby's growth and helps us to assess how your baby is growing throughout pregnancy. So from 25 weeks, every time you see a midwife, they generally will do this measurement. And it might be as well that they can offer to listen into the baby's heartbeat with a Doppler. It's actually not stated that we have to listen into the baby's heartbeat, but it is quite common practice for midwives too. And if that's something that you'd like, then you can always ask if it hasn't been offered. And just so I know, why don't people that have had, who are pregnant with their second, third, fourth, fifth, have it? Is there something about the way that your baby grows in the first pregnancy that kind of emulates the next pregnancies? Or is that why you don't get it? Yeah, so you would normally have the 28-week appointment, which would then be your next appointment with second or third, you know, subsequent babies. And I think the idea is that if you have gone for a pregnancy and everything has gone well um, and you haven't had any issues throughout that pregnancy, then it's expected, you know, for most people, pregnancy is just a kind of normal physiological event. And the majority of people, there aren't problems with baby's growth and there aren't problems that occur in the pregnancy. So I think the the idea is that with your first pregnancy, you'll probably have more questions. You also might be that we're seeing how for that person going through their first pregnancy that things are developing as we'd expect. I think there's this idea that when you're having a subsequent child that you will be more relaxed and you won't need as much <laughs> input, but actually it might not be the case. And if if you are having any concerns or worries or anxieties, then you can definitely speak to your midwife about that. Thank you, Izzy. And lastly, on to what's happening with the baby. How big are we looking? And is there anything significant that is happening to the growth of that baby? Yeah, so at 25 weeks, your baby is generally going to be measuring around 34, 35 centimetres in length. And that would be from kind of if your baby was stretched out, but they are, of course, kind of curled up inside um, your uterus and generally weighing. So I have (laughs) one and a half pounds for people that are like old money and 660 grams. So gaining weight now as well and um, growing and they're moving a lot more. Mm. It might be that you actually feel your baby hiccuping sometimes. Some people do find that they can feel these little movements and vibrations and realise it's the baby hiccuping. Oh, sweet. Their eyes start to open from 24 weeks. So up until this point, the eyelids have been fused 
And they're also starting to practice some breathing movements as well. So although they're not actually breathing inside, they're starting to practice these movements and those muscles are developing and the lungs are developing. And it's actually from this stage, so from 24 weeks, although we would ideally like your baby to be continue inside you growing, it is possible for them to survive outside. So obviously with a lot of kind of support and intervention, if a baby was born this early, they would need to be in a neonatal unit. But it's what we call the age of viability is 24 weeks. So Oh, wow. And there's obviously tends to be if a baby was born as early as you know, 25 weeks, they would need a lot of of help. And Mm. sometimes, sadly, you know, they don't survive or they have disabilities, but it is Mm. possible for us to to try to intervene and, and help if a baby's born this early. And then another thing is that your baby's inner ear has finished development by 25 weeks. And so that means that they can hear. So they can start to hear your voices and so your voice and your partner's voice. And it's really, really important throughout your pregnancy to talk to your baby and speak to them because they will know your voice and um, your partner's voice or family members' voices. When I am at a birth, even in just the, the minutes after the birth, if the parent that's given birth is holding the baby and their partner speaks you see the baby respond to that voice because it's a voice that they know and that's why I always really encourage not just the pregnant person to talk to the baby but other people close to them because they will Mm. the baby will learn that voice and learn to recognize that voice as well oh that's so lovely so yeah that's quite a nice thing to know so my child in my tummy is hearing me nagging my two children to put their shoes on and a lot of no's from my children and a lot of Moana and a lot of disco. So, I mean, I don't know. It's probably very confused whether it wants to come out at the moment. Um, Izzy, how many times... Do you, do you cry a lot at birth? Like, is there just like... How much do you cry at birth? So I just want to know from midwife because I would want... I feel like I'd want to cry every time. I wouldn't say I cry. I mean, there have been a few births where I have cried, definitely there have been moments. I mean, I try not to, yeah, yeah, of course, (laughs) of joy. And I definitely try, I think in the moments after birth, you never tire of it as a midwife. It's every single time. It's amazing. And I think just you're this observer of what's happening. You literally watch the moment that these people become parents in front of your eyes. And Mm. it is always special. I would say, yeah, there's a few times, but also in the moments after birth, often as a midwife, you're still very much switched on into what's happening around you, assessing the birthing person, assessing the baby, checking on lots of things. And and I think so you have this kind of almost the joy is this like distraction. You're kind of watching this moment unfold and then you're thinking, okay, I have to, <laughs> I have mode, to yeah. carry on with with these things happening. But generally... There's a real kind of calm and peacefulness, I think, in that those moments after birth when the, yeah, the baby's out and everyone's kind of just all focused looking at this this amazing baby that's arrived. I'm thinking I'm going to sack off the music career and go and be a midwife because it's addictive that 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 high yeah. after the birth and that and then that calm and you're sitting there with your cup of tea and maybe 
Like it's just, it's so beautiful. It's kind of, it's it's on par. Maybe no, it's even better than performing to thousands of people. It's it's better than performing to thousands of people. It's addictive, and I can completely. I'm so jealous that you get to get that, like that dose of it, so much. It is addictive. It really is. And I think there's this strange thing with being a midwife, you're there to serve others, but you get such reward from it. And I think sometimes, like, I know my boyfriend, he's jealous that I get that from my job. He's like, you get to go to work and know you're doing something great. And um, I was speaking to a midwife yesterday and she's been working in an antenatal clinic. And she said, like, oh, I love, I do love doing this. She's got a new job to go back to working in a birth centre because she just said... I just, I, I want to live that moment again. It just never gets old of when the baby is born and you get this, like, rush of emotion and you see the parents having that too and it is, like, totally addictive. <laughs> Thank you, Izzy, for all your time, all your expertise and all your generous knowledge that you offer to us and all our pregnant people that are involved in this podcast. So thank you so much and we'll see you soon. Great. Thanks, Jess. Speak to you soon. hope this episode has helped you in this 24 to 26 week period of your pregnancy it's getting to be showtime soon so in the next upcoming weeks we will be starting to suggest about how you can prep for this arrival we will be introducing different options that you have whether it's home birth birth center labor ward as well as in a theater environment if you end up having a c-section we'll be covering all of that but yes um, from birth plans to induction methods to holistic remedies we're going to be covering so much of this in weeks to come but this is when it starts getting a little bit exciting i think anticipating that day um, that your baby is arriving so we will see you next week for weeks 26 to 28 Thank you so much for listening. If you are enjoying this podcast, why don't you share it with some of your friends who may be on their own pregnancy journey. And uh, if you would like to give us a little like or subscribe, it really helps. Take care, look after yourselves, go and get that massage and we'll see you soon. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusion Supply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com